0: Welcome to the Gridiron Show and we are recording at 3.45 in the morning in the world's coldest studio. We were going to wait until the end of Monday Night Football, but the Colts have whipped it out and absolutely taken the Jets to town. Coming up, we've got Andrew Brandt on the show, the former VP at Green Bay, now business analyst for the ESPN, loads to talk with him about. Ollie Hunters in the studio, loving life, the Gridiron Show. hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show uh, in association with our friends at Touchdown Trips.
1: Indeed we are. Indeed we are. Did you just say the Colts have whipped it out? I
0: think just, (laughs) I I mean, before I get a chance to... Throw in a corporate slogan. I think you should not remember, not remind people of what I said during the intro. <laughs> I mean, um, I just wanted
1: to make sure that that is what you said, and you apologise to well, all and sundry. So
0: here's the thing: I have to go on radio in an hour and a half, and I think I need to get these things out of the way right now. So touchdown trips, getting you in the game, are are now our official sponsor. We'll be talking with Ben Mortimer later in the week. Really exciting stuff. Uh, we're starting to get more and more ideas together for our trip next year around the 2k mark looking to do a dirty south tour get in there see atlanta see tennessee see New Orleans, uh, all those really exciting cities and great teams bama. and great food and get to a bama game in college bama and, baby uh yeah uh, after now we've seen the um Now we've got the college playoffs. I can confirm that Alabama will win a second national title in three years. Or is that what it is? I can't even remember anymore. But, uh, yeah, we're going to see the soon-to-be national champion, uh, Bama. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're very, very excited. Ben's a really good guy, and there's loads of really exciting stuff we can do. So he's going to join us later in the week to talk about that. Go online and check them out. I mean, just type Touchdown Trips into Facebook, Twitter, etc., you're all on social media. You know you are. Or go to com for more information.
1: Will, uh, the Colts have just scored. Again? Yeah, 41 to 3 now.
0: Who got the uh, touchdown? Uh,
1: what number's Gore? Uh, 23. No, not him. <laughs> what number's Moncrief? Uh, 10. No, not him. Ugh. <laughs> Number thirty-three. I knew both. Robert Turby. Yeah, I knew both. All three of those numbers. I just wanted uh, to hear your disappointment. Yeah,
0: Ollie is aware that this is today is the final day to scrape your way into your uh, playoffs in most sensible leagues. And on ESPN, I'm relying on the right people scoring points in this game to get into four different leagues. I mean, I'm already into playoffs in two of those, but two other ones where it's very tight. In the league where I'm twelve and one and uh, i was talking about whipping it out uh, i was beating ollie by 10 points going
1: into tonight and then andrew Rucker scored another 35 points but well, it's okay in the fourth quarter There's uh, 14 minutes, 54 seconds left, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) you might be all right. I might be beating you by 70-odd points (laughs) at the end of the day. Uh, So we don't need to talk about Monday Night Football. The Colts have absolutely obliterated uh, the Jets, and uh, see what else happened this weekend. We'll talk about Houston, Green Bay in Green Bay terms, and and the Jags losing again. Uh, We are now at an AFC South Point, where there are three teams that top that division at 6-6, and And considering what's happened in the North in recent weeks, in both the AFC and NFC, is it about time we crowned it the Division of Disgrace? No, not yet. Not yet. It's, it's so near the end of the it, season. No, no, no,
1: no, but I think the Titans and the Colts could make it into positive uh, plus 500 records. Therefore, that doesn't deem them Division of Disgrace stuff. You know that. Oh, so you we can't who crown who it early. Okay, I'll tell
0: you the other one that could be an outside chance. We talked about this when divisions are absolutely dominated by one team. With the Giants loss at the weekend, I still stand by I think that 8 and 4 team can go 8 and 8. I don't think they're very good. I think it's very smoke and mirrors. I think that six game winning run was hardly a murderous row of team they put mm-hmm. teams they played. If they do and then Washington fall apart as well after their bad loss at the weekend, just saying, that NFC East might might have the Super Bowl winner in it and might also be the Division of Disgrace.
1: I mean, the Eagles are terrible. They were terrible when I saw them, and they were terrible against Cincinnati this weekend as well. They are a terrible football team.
0: Let's, uh, well, first of all, how how are you, buddy? It's nice to be in with you face-to-face. And we can, I've I got all the, the headsets and stuff through, so that's quite exciting. We can start okay, doing can. it at home, and you can hear what we're doing as well. Oh, that
1: would be great. That would be <laughs> lovely. Uh, no, I'm good. We, we saw each other for uh, a shindig on Friday.
0: Yeah, well, I had to be very sensible and leave early because I had four shifts over two days. You left early, but you weren't sensible whilst you were there. Uh, Excuse me? You are a disgrace. I've got really, really bad acid and I've had to take loads of Rennies and now it's made me all bubbly inside. It's all right, I'm going to leave that studio in a stank and then Alan Brazil's going to go in there and no one's (laughs) going to realise. I just hope it's not Max Rushton. He's a good-smelling man and they will know it's me at that point. Um, Yeah, uh,
1: I, I, what do you mean I wasn't sensible when I was there? I mean, you drank a lot in had, a short period of time. Like four pints. It's, why are you holding up uh, double-figured hands to me? <laughs> 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 that, that, what, t- four pints, yeah, great. He's uh, holding up ten fingers, guys. I had
0: I had four pints, and here's the thing. So I had four pints. It's twice you've said here's the thing in uh, <laughs> six minutes. Um, this is I, weird. And so here's the thing. Oh. I had four pints. And I enjoyed those four pints. I had already had three or four beers earlier in the day with uh, Joe Whitaker in Wandsworth before going to meet you guys. So we actually had had about seven pints.
1: So d- no. And then
0: the whole point of me leaving early was so I could go home and get some sleep. Because over the weekend, I did like... I think we figured out I was on air for 16 out of 30 hours, which is just terrible. Just uh, Nobody needs to hear that much me. My wife doesn't need to hear that much me, let alone the fine people of Britain and the world. Um, but uh, I was meant to go home and go to bed. And I went and met Sarah in Wandsworth. She was like, do you want to see a film? Uh, and so I ended up going to the cinema. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Uh, I was too tipsy to say no. Because I knew if I said no, by saying yes, I know I could go and sit in a dark room, eat some cardboardy type popcorn and just drift off. And instead instead of getting in the car, her realising how much beer I'd had and then
1: being like, "Uh, you're working tomorrow. How drunk have you got? Not drunk at all. I promise. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a man who, uh, with his chaser for pints, it's another pint. (laughs) he's an an absolute disgrace I wanted to say a little bit of uh, hashtag office office
0: gossip Ollie just first of all are you wearing a tie I can't see on the other side of the glass
1: no it's a scarf because I'm cold I
0: think you might have to sit out the uh, the first chat this morning then why is that it was a great gag about Cam Newton Having to set out the first snap of the Panthers game because he didn't wear a tie on the plane to Seattle. And then with the first snap of the game, uh, Derek Anderson threw an inception and that really set them off well against the Seattle Seahawks. That's incredible. It's something we, to- I, I, I make that basically the exact same joke, Andrew Brandt. And it was just a way of getting into the fact of saying, in a bit, we've got Andrew Brandt coming up. And we even end up talking about Aaron Rodgers again, even though oh, we talked dude. about him last time he was on purely because Tom Marshall, uh, a regular tweeter into the show, I sent out a thing going, talking to Andrew Brandt right now, tweet us if you've got any questions. We got one question in right towards the end of the interview going, did he ever think that Aaron Rodgers was
1: done this season? And he said, no. So uh, I'd forgotten that you were talking to Andrew Brandt because I would have liked to have asked him what he thought about Brett Favre's uh, uh, treatment of Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen it serialised in a book that's been. Uh, I think it's in the M- Milwaukee Sentinel Journal. And Aaron, uh, Brett well, when the book's out, we could get him on again just to talk about that. If you well, it, it could be good to get the author of that book on. But uh, Brett Favre was not kind to Aaron Rodgers, and I wonder if that helped Aaron Rodgers in his. Cre- I don't know why I'm asking you the question, but I wonder if that helped Aaron Rodgers in his career to give him more um, steely determination, yeah, more determination to prove this this. Dennis Quaid esque figure wrong.
0: We talk about the tie situation. We talk about the Jeff
1: Fisher contract. We talk London games TV no, 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 ratings. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Jeff Fisher contract? I did say Jeff Fisher contract. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i really thought you were gonna play the seven and nine ball Piggy.
0: um we talked kirk cousins and his negotiations uh the use of the franchise tag we talked about eric berry and the value of safeties it was a pretty wide-ranging conversation so we'll get to that in a moment it's gonna take up a good chunk of this podcast goes on for about 20 minutes but it's really worth listening to i really enjoyed it oh cool so we don't really need to talk about all of that stuff no exactly we can gloss over it hashtag
1: office god why can't i say that phrase well i'll tell you my thoughts right now this is my hot take on jeff fisher's new contract <laughs> 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 that's a ram everyone that's been neutered <laughs> and the rams have basically been neutered by signing on jeff fisher for another two years oh disgrace the rams you're a disgrace
0: <laughs> uh, if, you, if you didn't see andrew Brandt's tweet pointing out that jeff fisher's agent happens to be the brother of, or the father of oh he explains it better than i do of of a high-ranking executive at the Rams and some talk of nepotism, etc. It's well worth a a listen. That's coming up shortly. You want to talk
1: hashtag office gossip. So I've never said anything so pointed in my life. Exactly. So we went out uh, with some of the guys from TalkSport 2. It was great. Uh, Abby, uh, whose birthday it was, she's 23, so much younger than both Will and I. Uh, I think I may have been the oldest person there. But that was fine. I wasn't too bothered about that. That's fine, but um Abby had been been bought drinks all night, so tequilas, uh, ciders. She was battered. Uh, what? The, the uh, just to give you an idea of Abby, Abby
0: is delightful. She's,
1: she's got hair like Springer Spaniel's
0: ears. She she does have hair like Springer Spaniels. Ears. She's she is a lovely person, yeah. but she is insanely middle class for her <laughs> yeah. last birthday. So. The group of girls, a lot of whom were there, uh, they all studied history together at Exeter. And for her last birthday or for some kind of celebration, they all went and had a picnic at Hampton Court Palace that is and went and history nerded out and did the tour and stuff Ugh. uh yeah she loves waitrose and she
1: loves, <laughs> she, loves Wait- she loves surrey doesn't she have she a waitrose loves- t-shirt <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think it's a reading shirt mate um uh, yeah so she's insanely middle class in the loveliest way but insanely middle class so
1: we went to this pub which has a load of arcade uh games so there's yeah, a place, it's a pretty good pub actually, where you can play, there's ping pong, there's um, Me, crazy golf, there's pinball, there's crazy golf, there's this car game. Uh, it was pretty cool. There's table football, virtuous soccer, exactly that as well. By the end of the night, of course, the drinks had been spilled, uh, the floor was sticky and slick. Abby I'm talking to her friend and uh, Abby next time we, we I look over and she's slipped into this these two girls that are right next to the pool table wipes them both out. <laughs> she's wearing these um fairy lights that she's found on her head and a couple of her friends have found, have put some on as well. She hops straight back up. The two girls are sort of one's crying, the other one's not moving on the floor. <laughs> oh Abby God. hops back up and just go, just walks off. <laughs> me and this, me and her friend, sort of walk uh. over and try and pick up these girls, and then these, this, this, this you the, try the, and
0: pick them up. They've, they've literally just fallen over. But they, they've got,
1: been, they've been wiped trying to crack out. onto them. No, no, no. They've been wiped out by Abby. <laughs> wiped out. One of them had to leave.
0: Oh my I God! I had to leave. The, oh my uh, God! I can't came, believe I didn't hear about this. They came
1: over to me and she this is going other be girl. More
0: about this today,
1: and um, they said to me, "Did you push her into them?" And I said, "No, no, 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 no! It was a complete accident. My friend had had too much to drink. She's fallen over, and it's just an accident. But I don't know where she's gone. I, I can't remember what she looks like. So that they didn't chuck out Abby. It worked out okay in the end. For everyone apart from the girl who was in tears and had to leave the pub. That's horrible. Yeah.
0: You're a dreadful man, Ollie Hunter.
1: How am I a dreadful man?
0: I don't know. You're a beautiful man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Let's, should we hear from Andrew Brandt on lots of the big topics from the weekend? Uh, contract disputes and it's that time of year when those players who've been franchise tagged and I think particularly Eric Berry and, and Kirk Cousins have both had brilliant years thus far. They are getting into that crunch of the negotiations. There's loads to get into with him. So uh, here is ESPN Business Analyst, host of... Uh, well, do you know what? I do all of this when I talk to him. So why don't you listen to my intro there?
1: I don't know why you do that all the time anyway. The double uh, intro? Yeah, the double intro.
0: Delighted to say that joining us now, there's plenty to speak to with this man. Uh, he's an ESPN business analyst, columnist from the MMQB. You may know him from his time in the the front office at Green Bay or as the host of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Uh, kind of given away who it is now. Uh, Andrew, how are <laughs> you, sir?
2: <laughs> I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Thanks for the kind intro. Uh,
0: well, the first question is, are you wearing a tie? <laughs>
2: No, I mean, since I've uh, transitioned to this life of media and academia, I don't really wear ties too much except for being on TV. Uh, Actually, we more when I was with the Packers, standard fare working for the Packers was pretty um, casual, except for, obviously, team travel, which, of course, brings you to your point.
0: Well, this is it. I don't know if I'm going to have to make you set out the first question now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, I saw the, the what you're referring to, Cam Newton being um, disciplined by not playing the beginning of the game for not wearing a tie. And my reaction, Will, right away is it sounds you know, minor. It sounds like a nuisance. It sounds like something that shouldn't arise to discipline. But my experience being management really sort of, I resonate with that because anything you do, whether it's for a contract, discipline, et cetera, you know that there's fifty, sixty, seventy eyes watching you, uh, and they're going to wonder. You know, is that going to be my punishment? And and so I think the precedent aspect of it is cannot be underrated. Whether it's Cam Newton or the last guy on the team,
0: I, I don't get me wrong. I fully understand why they've why they did it from that perspective. But uh, it couldn't really have gone much worse for them.
2: Well, in terms of what happened <laughs> on the field, yeah. I mean that's. That's sort of the consequences where you know you're playing with a backup, and that was just a weird thing where the the running back dropped the ball as well. But yeah, I mean, I think you look back and you say, "Wow, that didn't go so well." Maybe maybe just <laughs> hand the ball off. You know, that would be the easy way to handle it. And my sense is uh, Newton would have set up a first series. I I some people are suggesting maybe he would have come in the next play just. Come and miss one play, but I would find that hard to believe.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it, it, you know, it would have been a meaningless maybe token gesture at that point. Um, the irony is I thought Americans hated ties. That's my terrible <laughs> British joke for you out of the way.
2: <laughs>
0: there you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, there were lo- there's lots of things, uh, Andrew, I'd love to cover with you today. Um, uh, sure. There's a great column you wrote about uh, Kirk Cousins recently in that situation. But I want to start off with a-, a tweet I saw you put out about the-, the Jeff Fisher contract situation because I think it's taken a- – a-, a lot of people are surprised. I think over here in the UK, people who know – Stan Kroenke and no Arsenal will know he likes to stick with the manager even if they aren't winning things. Um, but it it seems surprising to us, but the the fact that you tweeted out that there was that family relationship there within the organization. I mean, just explain to us what that is and, and why that could have any impact.
2: Well, I think to preface it, there are a lot of conflicts in this world, especially in the sports business in other words, you have agents representing players, you have agents representing coaches, you have agents representing management, you have agents representing media. Uh, and, you know, I know all about conflicts. I work for ESPN and Sports Illustrated, <laughs> so I manage that the best I can. I just think when you talk about family, then you're bringing in another level to conflicts. So here is the situation. The senior executive, I'm not sure if he's called president or GM or some kind of executive vice president probably, of the Rams is named Kevin Demoff. I've known Kevin forever. He used to do the contracts, probably still does for the Rams, been there a long time. His father, Marvin Demoff, is one of the great agents in the business, longtime agent for players like John Elway, uh, Dan Marino, and represents still some coaches and management around the league. One of those coaches is Jeff Fisher. So now you have the specter of Jeff Fisher being represented by the father of the senior executive at the team. So that's a conflict that I felt that people should know. And as you mentioned, my tweet has probably gotten over 1,000 retweets, maybe 2,000 by now. Because people are interested in it, and people from all walks are kind of raising their eyebrows, saying, really? But that's the way it is. Now, if you ask the Rams, they're probably like, well, of course, Kevin doesn't do the contract with his dad. Maybe some other lawyer does that. But still, I mean, you have that perception, which is not good.
0: No, it's, it's hardly a, a positive for uh, an organization who already... People are questioning the decision to sign him in the first place. People are already obviously questioning the decision to move and everything else. And and it's, uh, you know, you you kind of feel like when you're in that situation, and I'm sure you've experienced the the media light on you, but you've got to be seen to be being squeaky clean at all times. And uh, even if you're just creating that perception, that can be a negative for you.
2: Yeah, perception is everything. And that's why I think the tweet and that information gets so much attention. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and a lot of people tweeting back saying, well, that's why he still has a job. That's why he's getting extended. Listen, I know Jeff Fisher. Uh, being in the league so many years, he was head of the competition committee. I found him to be a bright guy, made good presentations, made reasonable comments about the competition committee, what they're doing and not doing. Not Nothing but respect for him from my end. I just think that you have a perception there that's not good, and when the performance has not been good, it's going to raise that, that eyebrow again. Now, if the Rams were doing well, of course, it'd be, it'd be a non-starter of the discussion.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's the other thing that really interests me about this whole situation, because I, I, I find what you were doing when you were in the league so interesting. I'm not saying I don't find what you do now interesting, but um, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think there's a real different, difficult balance in the nfl whether it's in coaching in players where if your status quo if what you've got at the moment is okay and it's not costing you in a big way it must be quite tempting to stick with it at what point do you make the decision to shake things up and to make a big change rather than sticking with what's got you by even if it's not got you to the point you want to be at
2: right and those are all the decisions that go on you know we have an nfl right now which is called by many, to be an impatient one, where coaches are hired and fired within two, three years, in the case of Cleveland a couple years ago, within one year, in and out. Uh, So that's something that everyone's looking at and comparing it to the stability of Jeff Fisher in L.A. And it just seems like from Kevin Demoff's statements, he's getting a lot of cover uh, due to the fact the team moved out there all the relocation issues they had to deal with. Uh, you do wonder how much of that is, you know, any coach obviously would have to deal with the same thing. Uh, and is that meant to say that any coach, no matter how bad the performance, would be protected in that situation? But, yeah, Stan Kroenke, um, Kevin Demoff, very loyal to Jeff Fisher right now.
0: Yeah, clearly. Now, um, I'm going to take a hard gear shift left now because um, I yeah. I heard you talking with Ross the other day and, and speaking about the London games, and um, it's looking like we're going to move to four games. Um, as of this week, the announcement is expected, and there's some discussion over moving either all or some of the kickoff times back to their original 6 p.m. time. And, and I was interested that both you and Ross didn't see the business sense in making that decision whereas the the general storyline around this seems to be about trying to make sure that they're not oversaturating football and i found your take on it quite interesting
2: yeah the curious decision to me to move these games away from the prime slot and i say prime because there's no other games and the whole idea with the NFL right now is to make these games special, to not have them flow into every, everyone else and have some uniqueness about it. The 9.30 kickoff had uniqueness about it. and I just don't know if this is a response to the decline in ratings where they feel like there's too much. You know, you have Thursday night, you have Sunday night, you have Monday night and the slate of Sunday games now adding another window. Uh, you know, maybe the ratings are poor, and they just don't want that on their resume. To me, it just it just felt unique uh, when there's a when there's a London game at one o'clock with eight other games. Again, where's the uniqueness in that? Obviously, being over there is unique, but it just flows into the schedule. So uh, I was surprised. Yeah, and
0: I think this, the element of the, the West Coast teams. I understand why you might have the even kickoff. For those games, but I think you're also, if you're trying to grow into China and the Asian market, that 9.30 kickoff represents a primetime game out there. And, you know, maybe just send us the Cowboys and the ratings will be absolutely fine based on what we've seen (laughs) the last two, three weeks and and with the latest flexing as well. But, uh, yeah, I... I, I think the biggest surprise to me and and to give you kind of the perspective from here is that this has been greeted really poorly by British fans because it's very then difficult for people who don't live in and around London to travel to the games, to take their kids to the games. And if the idea is to keep growing the game out here, you almost think take the ratings hits in order to keep the growth going out there. That's that would be my take on it. But then I'm selfish. So (laughs)
2: I think that's a good point. I mean, uh, you know, all these games, we sort of lose the element of what it's like for the fan. We talk about ratings, we talk about business, we talk about contracts. Well, what's the fan element here? And you've just described bringing your family. uh, Now it becomes once again a night game and all the things that go well go along with being a night game. So that is a distinguishing factor as well. I just think... You mentioned the West Coast issues. I just think the NFL looks at the resume of all its ratings and say, "Well, these 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 day uh, morning games aren't working," and just like that, that experiment seems to have ended um,
0: I was fascinated uh, I'd mentioned it at the top by the piece you did recently on Kirk Cousins we've thoroughly enjoyed the how you like me now moment purely from a basis that <laughs> it's one of those things that you can make a meme out of, that you can make little you know soundboard drops out of, that you can have some fun with but uh, it, it kind of as you described, peeled back the curtains on, on an underlying tension when you've got a player on a franchise tag performing like Kirk Cousins is. And I'm fascinated from that perspective of the we seem to perceive that contract negotiations are something that happened from the beginning of January or the beginning of February. If you've been in the playoffs and they cease again in June and that is that. But that's very much not the reality.
2: No, and that really resonated with me when I saw the story uh, and even the video of How You Like Me Now to the general manager, Scott McLuhan, someone I know as well from my Packer days. Um, This happens more than people know, where players and management are in negotiations. And again, it doesn't have to be in hard negotiations, but they know it's coming. And obviously, Cousins and the Redskins, you know it's coming. Whether they've started talking or not, it's obviously coming. And... The Redskins have been a little bit standoffish where they've given these franchise tag, or they gave one, and that's really kind of, as players always tell me, they'd rather get a ring on their finger rather than date. So that's a date. (laughs) Now, it's a $20 million date, but still, players want the security of teams investing in long term. And is it going to happen again? That's the question. And, and there will be plenty of time to talk about that and whether they franchise tag them again or do a long-term deal. But these are sensitive times where you're, you're seeing, at least my experience, you see the players all the time. You, see, you interact with them. And at some point, you have to be management. And when you're management, you have to protect the whole team and maybe not give them what they're looking for, and maybe even get them upset that you don't think their value is what they think, and it becomes emotional. It can become raw. It can become personal. I always say negotiations where people say it's business, not personal, it's always personal. So I, I, I sort of shared and opened my myself up in my article, saying, you know, I lost friendships uh, with players on the Packers. Because I had to take on that role. And you just have to.
0: It's not easy to tell somebody that they are not worth what they think they are.
2: Not at all. And I I give stories about dealing with players without agents. They would look at me and say, Andrew, you're a former agent. You're a nice, trustful guy. I'll deal with you. It's always nice to hear. Without an agent. (laughs) And and my initial reaction was, yeah, this will be fun. But... You're doing exactly what you just said. You're telling them they're not worth what they think they are. It's raw, it's tough, and I really grew to value agents because <laughs> they are the buffer. They are the buffer between you and the, the between management and labor, and they present in a way that you don't have to. So I really grew and grew to really want players to have agents.
0: It's good that somebody values agents. I'm glad that they'll feel love from somewhere.
2: Hey, I'm a former agent.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of brings me on to, I mean, Green Bay were never a team who, it, it, who particularly reveled in using the franchise tag. I don't think they used it in your time there. I remember Ryan Pickett, but was that after your time?
2: Yeah, I remember Ryan signing Ryan as a free agent,
0: yep. And and he went on to, to gain the franchise tag and actually ended up getting that long-term deal. But the the one that really sticks in the mind recently, and it's probably pertinent right in this moment because he had a phenomenal performance at the weekend, is is Eric Berry. Because that mm-hmm. you've got extra four layers of emotion on top of that, particularly when this weekend he's going back to Atlanta, his hometown, the place where he went to have his chemotherapy. And... Uh, At that point, the whole team become involved and having him there becomes an issue, not just for one man and not just for success, but for the whole morale. And I just wonder how you would deal with that situation.
2: Yeah, they franchise tagged him without what I appeared to be without much negotiations. Um, You know, the franchise tags a whole discussion in itself. I think safety is one of those positions where you look at it and you say, wow, as a player, you know, I'll take that 10-11 million dollars because the highest safety money is probably less than that on a per year average like 8 or 9. So, that may be one of those where the player and the team are kind of fine doing it one one year at a time rather than jumping into a long-term deal which would be under the 10 million number on a long-term average. So that's one of those anomalies, but I do think with all this love about Eric Berry, with what he represents, there's a guy that you want to sign long-term, it's just a matter of devil's in the details of the deal.
0: It, it's interesting at the moment when you mention that, the, the value of the safety position, because we've seen players like Keanu Neal going out. I think it dates back a few years when you know, we had Kenny Vaccaro coming out, Eric Reed coming mm-hmm. out, and, and then you look at how he's performing the safety play in, in Seattle. Of course, they've had their own devastating news there in the last few days, but it feels right. like one of those positions where the front office almost knows they can get away with it a little bit, that maybe it is undervalued by the whole league.
2: Yeah, it does feel that way. And and it's, you do have the special players. You mentioned a couple coming out in the draft and you mentioned, uh, you know, Earl Thomas getting hurt in Seattle. Obviously a special player, Barry, a special player. And you just wonder where, you know, where that value is going to be going forward because... As I always say, you can only pay so many people. There's, there's, you know, like that long time executive lore is that you pay your quarterback, you pay your pass rusher, you pay your uh, left tackle, and you pay your shutdown cornerback. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for safeties. Don't even come up in those conversations. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed, and and I'm interested just to kind of finish, Andrew, with with how you see the situation developing at the moment there's a lot of talk about the potential of uh, this is something we could obviously talk about for hours but uh this potential of expanding the league at the moment they're talking about additional games they're talking about expanding rosters and and i think when we come around to the next cba negotiations it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see the direction the league goes in do you think when it comes to things like the franchise tag we might begin to see a bit more player power on these things or do you think the nfl will continue to remain a a kind of team power league
2: well that's the (laughs) ultimate question (laughs) you know we just had a i just saw that the major league baseball at the deadline got their deal done their cba basketball all indications the nba is getting their deal done uh, in advance almost a year in advance of when that expires but everyone expects a real showdown with the NFL because so much labor strife, even since the negotiation, and I wrote about sort of a halfway look at the CBA earlier this year in a two-part series, there are a lot of issues. So the question is, where does any, either side give on either, any issue because no issue is complete unless the, all the other ones are complete. That's the problem here. So if the union makes the franchise tag a big deal... Where are they going to give up something? If the union makes uh, some of the other discipline with Commissioner Goodell a big deal, where are they going to give up elsewhere? The problem for the union is there are not a lot of areas they can give on uh, to get. So this is, you know, this is going to be fascinating over the next few years. We'll see what happens.
0: Uh, wait, I look forward to seeing how hard they'll go on uh, the commissioner play the commissioner powers. Uh, we did get one random late question, and you could just answer this one very quickly for us, Andrew. Mm-hmm. If you were ever worried that your good friend Aaron Rodgers was past it this year,
2: no, not for a minute. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: absolutely, completely I, <laughs> the right
2: answer. <laughs> I'm I'm obviously bi- I'm obviously biased. Uh, as I was with Brett and Aaron, I'm close with both, and uh, I just think that he's a special player, and I never count that team out. As we saw last year with all the hail marys, you know they had a not a great year last year, but we're a hell, you know we're an overtime away from being in the championship game at Carolina, and I think they can pull that off again. Again, I admit to bias, but every every game you'll just see plays. And I would include Tom Brady in this, that only Aaron Rodgers can make uh, of anyone in the league. So as long as you have him, I think the Packers always have a chance.
0: Brilliant stuff. Andrew, it's already always really illuminating getting to speak with you. Uh, at Andrew Brandt on Twitter, you find his column on the MMQB, his, his stuff at ESPN as well, and, and the podcast you'll be able to find through his Twitter as well. And, uh, yeah, great fun. Thank you for joining us.
2: Enjoyed it, Will. Thank you.
3: Four days like no other. A festival like no other. For a bookmaker like no other. Betfred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code chelt 40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Betfred. At the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus. New UK customers only. Available from March 6 to March 13. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. Begamblerware.org.
4: Hazel Irvin here and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from accounting riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportsrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by ACAST
0: so andrew brant there top stuff from him ollie what we're going to do now is we've got basically probably about 20 25 minutes so we're going to lightning round the entire league wow uh just well, there's one game we don't need to mention there's more than one game yeah, we don't okay. need to mention uh the snowball uh between the chicago bears and the san francisco 49ers just as terrible as everyone expected wow uh um <laughs> Rams losing to the Patriots 26-10. very little to say about this game. I think we need to mention, obviously, that their offense still looked very good without Rob Gronkowski, and I think that without him without two tight ends last year they were fine and without him early in the season martellus bennett and even when he's been back bennett's been out quite a bit so they've never really got to mm. running the two tight end sets they like to run they've become much more of a three wide receiver uh offense anyway so i don't think he's
1: that big a loss going and into coming the out of the stuff out of the backfield uh dion lewis james white who's really starting yeah. to look like he's and picking up the speed again le garrett blunt looked awesome as well
0: um
2: Just your thoughts on
0: Jeff Fisher getting a new two-year contract. (laughs) There we go, fine. Um, The game of the weekend for me, Kansas City Chiefs and the Atlanta Falcons. uh, Game one on a returned two-point conversion from Eric Berry. uh, His second returned interception of the game, the first for a full-on pick six. Eight of the Chiefs' 29 points came from Berry on a night where he returned to his hometown Uh, The same place where he went to get his chemotherapy when Mm. he was first diagnosed. And it's an incredible story. Uh, And the Chiefs, I said last week, I think they are very much in the running for that. In fact, I think they're going to win the AFC West. And they're going to do it by beating the Raiders on Thursday Night Football
1: this week. And the reason is that incredible defence. The defence is unbelievable. I said this during the game against Denver whilst I was out in the States. Justin Houston coming back is the missing part of that defense, which makes them, I would say, a top three defense in the league. I think Justin Houston is incredible. and When you've got Marcus Peters and Eric Berry and everybody else on that defense who are playing... Above and beyond, like Sorensen, for instance, he, he had a few picks earlier on in the season. Okay, a couple of uh, costly uh, pass interference penalties uh, against the Falcons, but across the board, Justin Houston has has raised the level of that defense, and now they are playing absolutely lights out. And there are other players in and around with Justin Houston, uh, but also on the offense and on special teams. That fake punt. um was, was, was brilliant. I think, was it Albert Wilson? Who, who, yeah, who was,
0: there's still some concern from people that the, the lack of, of offensive ability from, and, and let's, Say the Falcons are much improved defense over recent weeks, yeah. as we've been saying already. They're still at seven and five, and you know still tied atop the uh, the NFC South now after the Bucks' recent amazing run. But you know, two hundred and seventy yards from Alex Smith, uh, got the uh, touchdown to Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware rushed another one in. Of course, the Albert Wilson counts as an offensive touchdown as yeah, well. Rushing touchdown, yeah, yeah, as, as a rushing touchdown. You know. It, I I still believe the Chiefs have enough in their locker to go to the AFC Championship game and cause other teams real issues. And I really think that... Somebody asked us about our dark horses on Twitter, and I think for the last few weeks, the Chiefs have very much become that, as they've got healthier. Uh, I... That one loss now starts, that one weird loss t- uh, last week now looks like an anomaly rather, two weeks ago rather than the, uh, them reverting to the norm, as it were.
1: You miss friend of the
0: show, Travis Kelsey, as well.
1: Travis Kelsey, 140 yards, 300-plus-yard games in a row. Top stuff. He looked unbelievable. Fast, athletic, mobile. I d- the Chiefs, despite Alex Smith being potentially dull or people saying that he's dull to watch, I find the Chiefs really exciting to watch. That's because of everything that they do on both sides of the ball and including special teams
0: Uh, horrible news for the Falcons in their bid to win the NFC South Dan Quinn confirming that Julio Jones has a turf toe injury Uh, no timetable at the moment for that one but with Tampa Bay getting an excellent win over San Diego 21 21 in San Diego okay the Chargers have been horribly banged up this year and just keep finding ways to lose these games when they're very much in them all the way through but um tampa bay actually compared with five six weeks ago look like an entirely different team i'm really liking what they're doing from a pass rush perspective as we've just talked Mm. about the falcons but um uh, is it noah spence the guy they brought in in the second round the guy who had all those uh all those issue all those character possibly issues he's suddenly looking phenomenal um Doug Martin's back. I know he didn't have a good game this weekend, but it's just as part of a rushing attack that is suddenly healthy again with Jaquiz Rogers playing that secondary role. And, I, I you know, Jameis Winston's really impressed me this year. All in all, Bucks, I, there was a point at the beginning of the season when we did our pre season, end of season awards, where we sat there and I ummed and ahmed over who to give my sixth seed in the NFC to because I wanted to give it to a surprise team. Do you remember who my two teams were? No. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. Do you know who
1: my team? I picked were? the wrong surprise wildcard team. Uh, I went for the Bears. I also went for the Bucks, but I can't remember who else I went for. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. But I'm, I'm loving what they're doing across the defense. Actually, Vernon Hargreaves, their first round pick, has is is playing really, really good football. The cornerback is just. He's shutting down whoever the 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 number one receiver is of, of the opposition. I'm I'm really liking what they they're doing at the moment. Mike Evans, okay, he was shut down himself um, by San Diego, but it, how dangerous he is across the board is is creating holes for everyone else. Cameron brake the tight end, being one. I'm loving what the Bucks are doing at the moment. Sticking with we we kind of switched over but going back to the uh, the AFC West.
0: The Oakland Raiders big come from behind win 15 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Buffalo Bills and uh, another team who keep rolling, but they keep rolling for me by winning games. You know, it's it's keeps requiring these big comebacks and I just it doesn't feel sustainable to me um i know
1: what you mean it feels like they're going to get caught out and we we mentioned it briefly but i think it'll be this thursday that they'll get caught out and they won't have enough they can't keep doing what they're doing am i right you're right i am i right you are
0: right um so that finished thirty eight twenty four. a quick mention for khalil Mack, who's up there in the top five defensive players in the league right now with the way he's performing yeah i think it has to be considered in and around that area but then the denver broncos kept up the pressure as well and this this afc west race gets really interesting now because both the raiders and the broncos head to uh arrowhead and they then have to face each other in the final week of the season you could see one of these three teams missing out despite the fact that they've led the a f c and looked like a three team uh playoff division for some time. I mean the Broncos do it by beating the Jags twenty to ten they do it with defensive scores points off turnovers um you know Paxton Lynch does not look like a startable nfl quarterback right now again as we've seen before pure raw ability not a huge
1: else amount from them yeah but um, the problem with the broncos is that offensive line is disintegrating and it's not giving paxton lynch enough time it it's made it so that trevor simeon has been banged up for uh, two separate occasions so far this season imagine them with a, a slightly better offensive line and then a better quarterback tony romo for instance They could be a really, really big team next year. This year, I think all of those injuries and how bad that offensive line is is going to catch up with them. In the end, I think the teams with the better quarterbacks will win out and that is the Raiders and the Chiefs. Hot take! Uh, the Uh on that point
0: of the offence they signed Justin Forsett in the last couple of days Capri Bibbs has gone on to IR I thought Capri Bibbs actually looked the better of him and Devontae Booker in this game but Booker got the score Um Jags in another game late tight and managed to throw it away Alex Everson asked on Twitter is Bortles the new Jay Cutler?
1: oh yeah
0: a new head coach will fix him he's still got a huge arm etc cetera, etc cetera, all the same stuff um Really annoyingly, our friends at Around the League, and particularly our buddy Greg... Um, is they, it Around the NFL? Uh, around the NFL, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. What is it? Is it? No, it's Around
1: the... NFL. Yeah.
0: It used to be Around the League. All right, there we go. So Around the NFL... Um, compared Blake Bortles with uh, Josh Freeman this week. Oh yeah. A comparison that James Dixon made during our fantasy draft and he's now completely cock of the walk about it on Twitter and it's to a point of being boring and I don't know why I've given him airtime here. Just wanted to say I hate you guys. Um yeah, I'm with you on all counts. Uh the Ravens. Let's talk AFC North. The Ravens. Who, I mean who? coming out of nowhere. In the last few weeks suddenly they are looking like a proper football team. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> Terrence West is looking uh, a serviceable serviceable running back. Uh, l- Joe Flacco looks like he's coming into a bit of form. It's starting to peak, which at just the right time, if the Ravens want to make that wild card or make the make the playoffs, not, they could win the division. They're they're, they're tied with uh, the Steelers on seven and five.
0: Another division getting very
1: interesting late. Brashar Perryman looks like he could be a decent wide receiver. Finally, <laughs> you've got Steve Smith there, and then you've got that defense, and that defense is still a very very good defense. And lest us not forget. They have a Super Bowl winning coach a- yeah. ahead of them, and probably uh, behind Bill Belichick, the second best coach in the AFC.
0: That we gave Michael Pierce quite a bit of love uh, on the show last week, and he was again excellent this week. That f- that defensive line, that front seven, is up there with the best two or three in the league, mm-hmm. and the secondary is getting healthy. Jimmy Smith is back. Um, Eric Weddle is just getting better and better as he steps into it. Uh, Ladarius Webb, I thought, was really impressive against the Dolphins. And uh, which
1: defense do you like more?
0: Baltimore or the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs shade it on the strength of their secondary, but that is a really really great question. Uh, Jake Viney tweeted us on the Ravens just saying, "Okay, they're looking much better at 7 and 5, but does anyone have a tougher run in? They go to the Patriots, mm. then they're home to the Eagles, then they go to the Steelers, then they go to the Bengals." I think they can go 9 and 7 and for me that gets them the probably gets them the AFC North.
1: I think they will lose three of those games and only win one.
0: Ooh, which doesn't put them in the playoffs. No, shocker, shocker. Uh, I
1: think the Steelers will win, will go to the playoffs.
0: He also points out. Actually, bothered doing some research. The Broncos' schedule looks pretty tough as well. well I was saying because they've got to play. They've got to play those teams in the AFC West, and they've got to go to the Titans this week. a by. Oh, actually, Denver's. Wow, at the Titans, home yeah. to the Patriots, at the Chiefs, home to the Raiders. That's what I'm saying. Now. If they if they win 3 of those 4, then we'll start talking about them in Super Bowl. It's terms.
1: starting to come together who is going to make apart from the AFC South which it's a coin flip between those 3. It's starting if you look at strength of schedule and I know you can't really uh, take that as gospel when it comes to NFL, but if you look at strength of schedule, uh, who's got who it's looking more and more like it's going to be Patriots, Raiders, Chiefs, Steelers, one from the AFC South and one other. And who that other one is going to be, it could be the Broncos because they have that 8-4 and four record at the moment. If they can just scrape one more win... I can't see the the Dolphins winning two more. The problem with the guys in the division and the other reason I pick the Chiefs is if the
0: Chiefs win on Thursday night, they go 4-0 in the AFC West. The Broncos are currently 1-3 in the AFC yeah. West. So even if they win out now in the AFC West... And, and the Raiders win on Thursday night. They will still probably not be able to win the division based on head to head divisional records or yeah, whatever you call it. But I'm talking, so
1: I'm talking them going into the playoffs. The wheel card, the wild card is yeah.
0: interesting, yeah. undoubtedly. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, sticking with the North, beating the New York Giants. They move to seven and five themselves. And, uh, well, I, I've already talked about the fact I think the Giants are, are down for a big drop off from this point, but, Letarius Green 110 yards got a yeah. touchdown yeah. we talked about what a signing he could be for them struggled to get healthy early on he's just about 12 whoa, or 13 whoa, 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 whoa. weeks late yeah <laughs> but he might be just at the right time as well well. well well, there you go Le'Veon Bell took every running back touch in this game uh, the court the, the only rushing yards from anyone other than him was when the backup quarterback came in and took a knee at the end of the game to finish it sure. and that counts as a rush, a rush attempt uh, adam barton asked us who lasts longer in the league tom brady or james harrison james harrison had an absolute monster game yeah. against the giants but partially because he was going up against the turnstile that is eric flowers he is one of those prime
1: examples of taking an offensive lineman high regretting it quickly yeah very much so very much so that Steelers defense led by harrison I'm loving it at the moment. We shut Ryan Shazier in there. You've got Bud Dupree. I don't know where his brother Alvin is.
0: (laughs) But everybody
1: else is playing lights out football. And they really shut down a very, very sexy looking uh, Giants wide receiving core. I'm loving what the Steelers are doing. I think they are going to make a big push and... I mean, the AFC's look at... Those top four teams are looking really good. If you you don't know why
0: Eric Flowers struggled so badly against James Harrison, I watched this one of the games I watched back in brief yesterday. Uh, James Harrison is one of the best players at playing low in the league. And Eric Flowers does not know how to play against anyone who plays low he can't get down to the ground he kind of bends at the waist which means he's basically he like he's like a ken doll he like bends <laughs> at the waist and faces directly into the ground and then he can't see the field in front of him james harrison just does a little swim move knocks him over and keeps going it's it's not good football from uh, from him um uh, uh, while we're talking about the giants falling apart at the seams what are Washington doing? Washington, I've been so impressed with this year. Kirk Cousins, I've really enjoyed. And this was a great game in Arizona with great a great comeback. Uh, and this looked a little bit like the Cardinals of old. And we're going to give some love to David Johnson, I'm sure, who has now gone 12 straight games with over a 100 yards from scrimmage, only been done twice before in the history of the NFL. But th- this is the kind of game Washington needs to be winning if they're a true playoff contender. Oh, it
1: really does. Oh, it really, really is. Really does. Really does. Um, yeah, Washington are stuttering, aren't they? They're stuttering like the Eagles have have already stuttered. They they just couldn't quite get. Kirk Cousins couldn't quite get into the game. Couldn't quite recapture his his old form. Uh, there was a lot of frustration in the with the wide receivers not not being able to get separation the M- massive
0: the, lack of balance as well yeah.
1: 39 passes to 18 rushing attempts is terrible and when you've got rob kelly who i really like fat I, rob fat rob i really like what he's doing i don't think they use chris thompson en- enough
4: it, it,
1: it, it's a very very strange way that they went up in this game they went away from what they were doing well the previous three or four weeks. And whilst we're talking about teams in the NFCs turning into a dumpster fire,
0: quick mention for the Eagles who managed to go to Cincinnati and get battered by a Bengals team with nothing on offense whatsoever, with offensive line issues, with defensive pieces missing, and somehow they managed to let Andy Dalton still throw for 300 plus yards, two yeah. touchdowns, and beat them 32
1: 14. Philly, you've got bad very quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly. Their regression, has coincided with Carson Wentz's regression. Uh, again, I think it's boring. I, I might have said it already on this podcast. That uh, from what I saw in Philadelphia, I don't think there's much there. They were missing Jordan Matthews, but he's been missing for about two or three years. So I, I worry for the Eagles. I
0: really do. I really do. <laughs> Detroit Lions twenty-eight, New Orleans Saints thirteen. What I called on the podcast last week. Pretty pleased with myself. Oh, man. Um, Can
1: you stop doing this pretty please with yourself stuff? Yeah. You do it on, on uh, WhatsApp groups. Oh, just like a public apology for... <laughs> uh, oh, no, but you weren't in the office. You don't need to do that You stuff. weren't in
0: the office for that conversation. You I don't said, need to do it. You're I, better than this. I said I thought Bournemouth were going to beat Liverpool or had a good chance to beat Liverpool, and I put them into an accumulator as part of that. And,
1: and we
0: I got truly lambasted in... Like... I, Four people came down on me like an absolute ton of bricks for how ludicrous I was being. You know, it was things like, how dare you go on air and talk about sport when you think Bournemouth can beat Liverpool and stuff like that. So, you know what, it was a bit cathartic for me. I just wanted to get it out into the world. Okay. Sorry if it seemed smug. Um, Hashtag BBB. Look, the Lions, they look like a real football team, my friend. Matt Stafford. I'd be concerned. Right, we talked about Matt Stafford. He was our surprise MVP candidate at the midpoint of the season. At this point now, him, Tom Brady, that might be my list. Like Matt Ryan still had an amazing season, but what that, Matt Stafford has Briscoll? done with the weakened offense. No, I don't. He's not in my MVP conversation. He's definitely rookie of the year conversation. But and and actually, I'd put David Johnson in there, even though the Cardinals, are what four, five, six, and one or whatever they are, yeah. But Matt Stafford, his ball control was incredible. He completed 30 or 42 passes, two scores, absolutely picked apart a Saints defense who have been much more impressive, particularly at home recently. Uh, I have been really, really, really impressed with Matt Stafford. Basically, what seems to happen is that by getting rid of Calvin Johnson, the temptation to throw up 50-50 balls to Calvin Johnson and then probably complete about 50% of them is completely gone. And it's like he's had to start acting intelligently and... We're all a bit surprised he's got that in the locker. So.
1: Well, I I think you'll find when I spoke, well, when I had that very public. Dispute with with Maisie and Duts. I don't think it was Duts. I think it was Maisie. Uh, who uh, I I said that I'd rather have Stafford in a clutch situation than Jay Cutler, wasn't Jay it? Cutler.
0: Oh, they owe you a massive apology. They owe you a full, hard public apology. I think Ollie they've Hunter. done it.
1: They've done it. But I would like to. I'd, I'd like. like it, i like.
0: A, I'd like a second public apology for Ollie. I mean, they're at eight and four now. The Packers
1: are up to six and six. Well, and- just before we get to the Packers, that Detroit Lions defense, three interceptions. From uh, Drew Brees. I know Darius Slay didn't get one, but Glover Quinn... Glover Quinn had a great game. Great game. slay has been lights out this season. That defence is really nice. Uh, so, the
0: the Packers did manage to beat the Texans 21-13. In fact, when they went 7 nothing up, this game was pretty much done. I know Houston got back to, to 7 apiece, but... This never felt like a proper game of football. I know it was icy, I know it was sleety, but Brock Oswider really, really struggled. Um, and, uh, the Packers are back at to 6 and 6, so. I, call well done, you guys. called
1: it, I loved it. Um, the most, the best thing about this entire game. Fullback touchdown. full touchdown. Aaron Ripkowski, my jersey is on its way. Amazing. Uh, just to quickly
0: mention on the 49ers-Bears uh, game, because it's the last game we've not really mentioned properly. Well, no, we
1: mentioned it right at the beginning. We
0: did, but I just want to give some love to Jordan Howard. He had 117 yards, okay, on 32 attempts, so it's less than four yards a carry, but three touchdowns, and he's a player who, if Zeke Elliott wasn't doing what he's doing this year, we'd be talking about Jordan Howard in much higher praise he's going to go for over 1200 yards he's going to go for eight plus scores and i think he's a more physical back i think that if you put him in the dallas offense i'm not sure he'd get as many yards as zeke Elliott because his open field speed isn't as good and when you get those guys you do through two thousand odd yards in a season it's because they get five or six of those chunk plays in a year where they get like an 80 yard touchdown i don't know if he's a guy who can get those type of scores because he doesn't have this speed in the open field but secretly and quietly having a really really good rookie season Mm. and a good building block for the bears beyond this year just a couple of twitter questions to round us off really let's do it uh neil does says shag marry kill papa john's
1: pizza hut dominoes you'd kill pizza hut um i would marry papa john's and i would Uh, Shag I went with Rather than the Yeah I'd do the dirty With uh, Domino's But I don't really like Takeaway pizza I think
0: I'm killing Domino's I'm doing the dirty With the hut Just because they've got The best tough crust And then I'm marrying Papa John's
1: See I Am more of a fan Of Frank and Manka Or Are
0: you talking about Me being pretentious Here comes the pizza pretension Or even Pizza Express Uh Bryce Petty just announced As the Jets starter For the final four games Of the year Having come in Today He threw a touchdown yeah. And they lost. Did it finish 41-10, or did the Colts put any more points on them? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, Nick Mavrio-Dakis. Mavrio-Dakis. Mav- Mavroy dakis
1: Great uh, name, Nick. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Nick. Um, Nick Mavroy Oh, I
1: do struggle with those Greek names. <laughs> asks, can <laughs> the
0: Vikings mount a decent challenge next year with a fit teddy? I think they can mount a decent challenge with a fit offensive line and a half-decent running back. Uh, I believe that Sam Bradford has been good this year and people have been unnecessarily harsh on him because he's been put in a really, really tough situation where there's constant pressure in his face. And it's been Sam Bradford's best season of his career by far. And I saw a load of Vikings fans going, Oh, I can't believe what a terrible decision it was. If you didn't have your horrible injuries right now, the Vikings would be the best team in the NFC North would be eight and eight and four, similar sort of record to the Lions, maybe even better. I, I Yeah, yeah nine and three. I just think they've had really, really bad injury luck, and I don't want to put that on Sam Bradford.
1: They've still got a really nice defense. Defense? Defense, yeah. De- defense. They've still got a really great defense, and as we've seen with the other great defenses, it, as long as you've got enough on offense to kind of help you get through, a bit like um, Denver, okay, they were playing uh, the Jags, but you know what I mean? You can still get some way... I don't know enough about fixing that offensive line, though. Finally, Robert Cop asks us Leonard Robert Fournette. Robert
0: Cop. Robert Copp.
1: Cop. as in a, a policeman.
0: His name is Robert underscore Cop, and funnily enough, do you think he's a cop? Funnily enough, he's got a picture of RoboCop as his uh, oh, <laughs> as right, his avatar. Okay, Robert Cop.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah right. Him. Leonard Fournette has declared for the draft, if you didn't see his emotional letter that he put on Twitter ahead of the bowl games. um, Where do you see him needed most in the top eight picks? And this is a really interesting question because I had a look at it. Top eight. So Cleveland Browns, as it stands right now, Browns, 49ers, Jags, Bears, Jets, Rams, and then Panthers and Bengals at seven and eight. Those really good rosters are going to get a really high draft pick this year. That's annoying. Um, I think... Hands down, the one that stands out to me there is the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they're not going to take a quarterback and it's not a good quarterback class, I think the 49ers and Carlos Hyde have a player. I think the Cleveland Brown have bigger holes to fill. I don't see him getting past the Jags at three. And what a great player to add to that Jags roster. That's where I think he's going to go.
1: I think it would go to the Jets. I I think the
0: Jets uh, Jets definitely need him. And if he gets past the Jags, or if they trade up, but I don't see him getting past three. Yeah. That's my thought. My little thought on the draft.
1: Yeah. uh, My only thought I will have on the draft this year. The Panthers could possibly do with him. It's a tough one. Right. Ollie, I said
0: it was going to be lightning roundy, and it was.
1: That was great. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Um,
0: Monbrov, well done. Yeah, high five through the glass and that yep. uh, so lots of love thank you to everyone who tunes in as always at Gridiron on Twitter do go whoa, and whoa, check whoa, whoa. out touchdowntrips.com
1: do check out t- getting you in the game trips. they can get you to Arrowhead where it is Sunday night, f- uh, Thursday night football
0: well I kind of figured and I know I'm miles off mic here
1: I kind of figured that
0: Thursday night football we touched on it already do we just need to pick it let's pick it I, the way I'm going this way. Well, go that way quickly. I am going to say the Raiders rely on a more big play offense, whereas the Chiefs have got much more of that dink and dunk and, 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 and much more. I think it's a really interesting matchup. Special teams great on both sides, defense great on both sides. I think the Chiefs are better coached offensively, and so they will be able to negate. What Khalil Mack does, better than the Raiders will be able to negate Justin Houston and the rest of that pass rush. That will be the key Chiefs at Arrowhead for me.
1: Uh, I think Arrowhead is the key. I think Thursday night, a night game is a key as well. Yeah, it's 1,500 odd miles. It's it's not a short trip considering
0: it's divisional. I'm going the Chiefs and I don't... I don't think it's going to be that close, right? Lots of love at Gridiron on Twitter, rate us and all that jazz. Ollie, you're a wonderful man, a beautiful man. Peace to you too. I've got to go be on air. You've got to go do your job. Lots of love. This has been the Gridiron Show.
3: Four days like no other. A festival like no other. For a bookmaker like no other. Bet Fred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code ChELT40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Bet Fred. At the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus new UK customers only. Available from March 6 to March 13. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited
4: if first bet loses. Full terms at Betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. Begambleaware.org.